Uh, you go first. Oh God, that means I have to think. Welcome down to the critic. Chris Trump with me is Matt Schaefer. Now, Matt, before we start, I just want you to just to listen. Did, did you hear that in the distance? You hear that? That is the sound of seven billion potential listeners of Enter the Critic. Oh wow! Because we are now on iTunes. They were they were pretty quiet. <laughs> yes, because they're slowly trickling I in. Couldn't really hear them that well, so no, we, we to are speak on, up a little bit for their excitement for the show. <laughs> but we are on iTunes. You can go on iTunes and just type in "Enter the Critic." You'll find us there in the new and noteworthy section. Right. I, I was checking out our competition. I got a good feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What what uh, what are we up against here? I'd say about. Seventy-five to a hundred other podcasts that were released this last week. Cool. They're um, all like stupid though, like cooking, <laughs> crafts, things uh, that I don't care about. I felt way too much of a swell of pride when I scrolled three pages down to find us. <laughs> Only three, huh? Yeah, pretty good. I thought, there, there we are. There's the culmination of a dream. That only took me fifteen seconds. Which is an eternity in internet time. I saw a bloated market and said, me too. <laughs> so it's only a matter of time before you know Jesse Thorne will be calling us up, begging us to be on the Max Fun Network. Can't wait. Looking forward to Lock it. Lock it in. All right. Well, this week we are going to talk about Jack the Giant Slayer, a movie that came out, I believe, this past week. Um, yep. And an indie comedy called Safety Not Guaranteed on Netflix. Before we get into all that, let's get into some news. So it looks like Poltergeist is getting a remake. Great. And they've landed the director of Monster House, uh, mm. Gil Karen. That's going to be good. No, it's not. <laughs> Once again, just more remakes. Uh, yeah, and it's just... It's fine when they remake something that's like, okay... That I could see being remade. Poltergeist is one of those movies, like, it kind of definitely jumps into your mind. But it's like, the original's so good. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, some of the special effects are a little dicey at this point. But it's just so... Sure, the special effects haven't held up completely well, but it's just vintage, good Spielberg. And Um, you're not going to top it. I believe Toby Hooper directed that, sir. Spielberg merely produced it. He produced it. it, wasn't directed well, it was still, Spielberg, still Spielberg produced it until Toby Hooper did too much coke, and then Spielberg took over behind the camera. Right, so he basically directed it. <laughs> he basically it directed after, it. After the, Hooper the, coked himself out. The thing that they're not going to be able to ever have uh, happen again Parker is Parker Lindstrom, like, our producer. The, the amazing behind-the-scenes story of what's-her-name, that little girl, and then all the oh, crazy yeah. stuff that happened to her Oh, yeah, 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 all the like, crazy what? crap that happened. <laughs> and then the she... fact that the, the skeletons in the pool scene were actually skeletons, yeah. but they didn't tell the uh, crew that at all. And apparently the excuse for that is that it was just cheaper. It was just cheaper to get real skeletons? <laughs> it was cheaper. 
than what? make fake Wait, ones. Wait, how much are fake skeletons? Nah, we're going oh, with the man. real deal here. I can, get, can we just I go to a, a graveyard and dig them up? <laughs> we can? Beautiful. Let's just do that and put them in the pool. So anyway, yeah, there's not gonna be there's not gonna be real skeletons in the remake. So just save your money, everybody. <laughs> just don't just even save your go. money. Don't even bother. Okay. So apparently, Christopher Nolan has been put in charge of the entire DC franchise of movies. What? He is over. When I say in charge, I don't mean oh, he's directing. Yeah. I'm saying he is overlooking all of it. I don't even think he likes that. <laughs> Like, I can't picture him being gung-ho about that. Not at all. Nolan is a competent director. He's a good director. I like yeah. Christopher Nolan's work. And I do enjoy, or rather, I, I did enjoy the Batman trilogy. Right. I thought I thought it was pretty good. But he seems like the kind of director that wants to do original work. Right. Like, he doesn't want to keep, he doesn't want to get sucked into the world of comic books all. Like, he, he had his fun with Batman. Exactly. And and to me it almost felt like the Batman movies were more of him trying to just make a movie not about Batman with Batman. <laughs> right. It's more about oh, no. the city. It's more about Gotham, really. I, I look at the the Batman trilogy as Nolan looking at all of superheroes and being like, which one can I do a really interesting, dark, visceral take on? Like w- which one is going to be easiest to do that and also like one of the big like big name superheroes. Like, okay, Batman, I mean, it's been a little bit since that series, you know, last fell into the abyss, but right. I'll take my hand at that. I don't think at any point Christopher Nolan was looking like, man, you know what I love? This is my tough part. All, all the superheroes in DC Comics Pantheon. Man, <laughs> Martian Manhunter, I can't wait to make a great <laughs> work of, of film where we just, like, really delve into his backstory and, like... Oh man, it's that'll Martian be the Manhunter. day. Martian Manhunter does have a pretty badass backstory. No, I'm sure it's great, but it's like, it's like no, no, <laughs> like, no moviegoer is gonna pay. They're gonna say, "Who is this Martian Manhunter? Why should I more, care?" More importantly, no landmark director that already has like a number of good, maybe not groundbreaking, but at least like creative films under his belt is saying, "Like, man, I just wanna." really want to make a good wonder woman movie yeah yeah which i, really I honestly want to nail that honestly down. i think there needs to be a good wonder woman movie but i don't think <laughs> nolan's the one to bring it he <laughs> yeah i mean the the point that i'm getting at is i don't think this is this is like something that enough money has been thrown at him and enough like people have come begging at his doorstep where he's been like okay yeah it, it's almost like the the executives at dc were like Batman, the last three Batman movies were the only successes we've had. Right. Why? Nolan. Beautiful. Put everything on his shoulders. Just make sure his name is on it. And who knows how much involvement he's even going to have with all this he stuff. He could just like just sign off on it and just be yeah. like, yep, that'll work. Whatever. I don't it's care. Like, oh, did you make did you make the film look kind of grainy and dark? That's all I can give yep, for that's you. That's about all I can <laughs> that's, do. That's is my Han, advice. Is Hans Zimmer working on it? No? I'll make a phone call. <laughs> Get get Zimmer on that. We'll, we'll get we'll get we'll He's get. He's gonna Zimmer. add a lot to the Flash. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah. This is this is again just DC playing catch up to Marvel, where Marvel has this nailed down to a science, uh, and DC's I, like, wait, we look, we have weirdos in spandex too. <laughs> yeah, I could go on about this, but then it would just become enter the comic critic. Right. Well, hey, so. while we're talking about comics, yeah. 
Let's talk about some comic movie news. (laughs) So we saw a trailer for uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Yes, we did. Which will be coming out later this year. And I just want to know, before I uh, give my thoughts on it, what you thought about this. this I mean, honestly, I know you're going to talk about how you hate Superman. I don't. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, then we're done. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I think it looks I think it looks like it could be pretty good. Because the the angle because of the angle that they're taking, which is the which idea is that another origin no, story. Because it is it is, those. but the idea that Superman is very threatening to humanity and okay. he's not trusted. Right. It actually brings about Superman's weakness, if you will, which is that he's too powerful. Which is kind of ridiculous when you say it. Out right? Loud, but yeah. I don't know. I think that angle that they're taking with it is pretty cool. I yeah I I will agree with that my my hatred of Superman has been long documented amongst <laughs> our friends I really, it is legend really hate Superman but part of my hatred for him is that he can't ever be defeated so he's just boring right enter the comic critic uh, no we're not we we're not going down that road your <laughs> favorite and least favorite superheroes I was uh, reading Marmaduke. <laughs> Wait, does that have a movie adaptation? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. Keep it, talking. It really does. <laughs> keep, I honestly, keep talking. I honestly kind of remember seeing some kind of teaser. Maybe it got canned. God, I hope so. Gosh, the best thing about Marmaduke <laughs> is that <laughs> legit, legit here. The best thing is that on the Sunday paper they do the thing they used to anyway. Where they have, where they have people write in about their dog or cat, and it would be like <laughs> Samantha and Joseph Smith of Wana Wana, Florida, have have a have a little pep- schnauzer puppy named Preckles. He likes to jump up and down on the couch. That's the whole story. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this comic. Have a fun Sunday, everybody. That should have been the movie adaptation. It's just a doc- just, just a documentary where a bunch of kids come on the screen and talk about how much they love their pets. No, no. the The only way the only way that would get any better is if they are interviewed by a CGI Marmaduke. Right, <laughs> Grinch. <laughs> What do you think about your pets? I have a dog. He's <laughs> cute. Well, that's great. Oh. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Go mess up my my keeper's house with all this mud. Who who voices who voices Marmaduke? Go, Robin Williams. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I, I would go Billy Crystal. Fair enough. That works too. All right. What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about no- Superman. We were talking about Superman. It's no wonder how- you hate Superman. Oh god. No, my 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 main gripe with this movie. I will agree that it looks interesting in the premise that Superman is a threat to humanity. Early humanity views him as a threat. Right. So that's that's interesting. My thing is, do we need another origin story? I mean, <laughs> how many is this? Three or four now, at well, least. Well, they they did skip it with the last Superman reboot, basically. And that's the other thing. How many really reboots is this? Yeah. When am I going to get my Lobo movie? That's all. I 
need to know. Starring, um, there was talk that The Rock was going to be Lobo. You know, a year ago I would have said that's the worst thing ever, but now, best thing uh, ever. I still don't think he's zany enough. I like The Rock, but I don't think he's Yeah, he is quite, a little too quite crazy enough to be Lobo. Yeah. So, Any other movie news? Oh, of course. I haven't talked about Star Trek. Oh, oh, that's right. I Trying forgot we need, our, we need our bi-weekly Star Trek the movie update. Uh, and let me tell you, this week it took some digging. Uh, all right. All right. Star Trek Into Darkness is opening early really? in the UK. Oh. That's It's great. opening one week early in the UK. Which hey, means all you UK listeners out there, yep. get excited. Get excited because you're getting it before we are. Which means I either, A, have to turn off the internet after May 9th so I don't hear any spoilers, or B, fly to Britain to see Star Trek on opening night and then fly home. You think he's joking, listener. If any listener wants to sponsor me for this. We'll take up a a Kickstarter for this. That's right, we're going to start a Kickstarter here to get me to go see Star Trek. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's good. It's good that we're throwing some things, you know, their way. Yeah, after we, like, you know, destroyed them in that war, <laughs> we just tossed them a one-week early release date for Star Trek. Are you referring to the Revolutionary War? <laughs> you think they're still bitter? So there you go. I think they're still bitter. Hey, guys. There you go, Britain. We still feel really bad about this. Even though we, you know, sort of revolted from you. We still feel really bad because we kicked your ass. So, Jeez. here's some have some have Star, some Star Trek, Trek movies Trek. a little bit early. So no, that's that's the end of <laughs> that's all that's all the news I could drum up on Star Trek. I, I can't find any good movie news to talk about. So. It was it was tough picking. Yeah, but all right, well let's talk about some trailers, some other some other trailers that we saw other than just uh, Man of Steel. Of course, the Iron Man three. The new Iron Man three trailer. Yeah, I don't think dropped. we need a synopsis for that. Oh no, no, absolutely not. But because uh, who hasn't seen it? Right. Um, <clears throat> but we might as well just get this out of the way since that's what everybody else is going to be talking about. The more I see of Iron Man three, the more I'm kind of agreeing with you that I'm I'm a little worried because everything that I see just gives the indication that it's going to be dark, dark, dark. Putting you know characters and. Bad situations, maybe somebody gets killed off, whatever. And, and I don't know, it just it doesn't look like it's going to be as fun. The only thing that gives me any hope is the fact that Shane Black yes. directed it. Yes, which if you, I don't remember, you know, that was a long time ago. I don't remember seeing trailers for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I could picture if they had trailers for it, it would probably be presented as a dark movie. As a very dark movie, yeah. and it it is at parts, but it's also incredibly fun and amazing. Yeah, um, I mean that that so movie if, is very laugh out loud funny. So so if he manages to do that with Iron Man three, where it does have these dark scenarios, you know, characters dying, uh, people being threatened, you know, Tony Stark being threatened more than he ever has before and challenged more, but he manages to weave in that really fun, adventurous, you know, almost slapstick at times feeling that you've had throughout the first two, particularly the first movie. Oh yeah. Then yeah. it's going to be awesome. If it was any other director, I would be I would be more worried or I would have already written the movie off just due to the trailer. But the fact that Shane Black's directing it means that we're more likely to get that dark but still legitimately funny 
I will say movie that, that I feel yeah. it needs to be. Yeah. I, I will also say that, again, it's tough to judge from the trailer. It looks like this one will be a little bit more balanced in terms of action. I feel like the second one suffered a little bit by being a little light on action, kind of compacting it into certain parts of the movie and then being a little little yeah, dry I know, I know on the other end. Um, but it looks like this one, I mean, you have that one scene that they show with all of his suits, you know, just showing up. up and yeah. That was pretty cool. But we'll see. So It's honestly something where I, I feel like we just have to wait and see because the trailer is not going to give us a truly accurate portrayal yeah, in the movie yeah. as many don't but i feel in this case they're really trying to just be like the third is the darkest chapter yeah exactly will tony stark survive and we're like yeah of course he yes. needs to come back for avengers too they have a so bunch of more movies that he signed on for there's there's no there's no need to try to tease that he's going to die or anything because yeah. you know he's going to make it uh we also saw a trailer for pacific heat uh pacific heat <laughs> Pacific Heat is that Pacific like, Rim? <laughs> what that even? What is Pacific Heat? <laughs> it's just. Oh, okay. Well, I know because it's yeah. I I I was kind of reading my note here with the heat and I'll, Pacific. Rim. I'll read the IMDb blurb for this in case someone doesn't know. When an alien attack threatens the Earth's existence, giant robots piloted by humans are deployed to fight off the menace. So basically. <laughs> Giant. Wait, wait, which, at first you're like, uh, and then you're like, directed by Guillermo del Toro, and then you're like, yes. yeah, yeah, boy. I was, I when, when I first saw this trailer, I believe I, I saw the trailer with you, Parker, and he just instantly starts elbowing me in the ribs, like a little kid who's like, dude, 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 dude check this out. <laughs> all right, all right, I get it, I'm watching. And so I'm watching it more, and I'm thinking, all right, giant robots. Wait, giant robots fighting giant monsters. This is this is kind of cool. Guillermo del Toro, awesome. And then the, the, the one thing for me that instantly got it, yes, was the literal rocket punch. Yeah, there is a, there's a, the, the robots, or at least one of them, basically launches his punch into the face of a giant monster by via rocket propulsion. And at that point, I thought, this movie has everything that 12-year-old me wants. Like, if you go back in time and talk to me at 12 and go, Chris, what do you want in a movie? You're, you're going to get that. You're going <laughs> to giant robots rocket punching giant monsters and in the ocean. Just to tip the scale for every nerd... They got the voice actress from uh, Portal. Um, who does uh, actually? I read that they only got her for the trailer. Oh, well, still smart decision. Oh yeah, no, no. Uh, she is in the movie. Cool. Like oh, she, she voices something, but she doesn't do the Gladys voice. Well, I'm actually okay with that because mm. I, I, it's something that immediately makes you go, "Oh man, Gladys." Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Portal, the video game, the main antagonist, which is really probably the main character of the series, is this yeah, insane, yeah. like, artificial intelligence. She's, you know, the voice of a woman, but she's just crazy. She sings a song at the end of the first one. And um, If you haven't played Portal yet, you're probably great. my parents. It's, it's <laughs> great. It's, it's fun. Um, but in the trailer, she, I guess, is the voice of the... AI or whatever that's that like initializes the robots. Yeah, it's like yeah. co- kind of coordinating. I that. got really yeah. excited about that. I thought that was really neat. 
But, but yeah, I, I, did, I, I thought did. about it more, and I was like, is it really good that they're just basically taking a well-known character, even if it is from a video game, and just inserting it into something else? I don't know about that. But, well, yeah, and that, that was my thought until I, I dug a little bit and read that she is okay. only in the trailer. Now, I mean, that voice is only in the trailer. She voices other things in the movie, but that Gladys voice is only oh, that's good. In, in the trailer. So Good. Uh, we also saw the... Red Band trailer for The Heat. Want me to get the uh, IMDb blurb for that? Since my computer tends to shut down after more than two tabs, (laughs) I'll let you pilot that one. All right. The Heat. Uptight FBI agent Sarah Ashburn, played by Sandra Bullock, is paired with testy Boston cop Shannon Mullins, played by Melissa McCarthy, in order to take down a ruthless drug lord. The Hitch... Neither woman has ever had a partner, or a friend for that matter. That makes it sound really cheesy. That but does make it sound uh, incredibly cheesy. The trailer makes it look awesome. Just yes. go and go and watch it if you have doubts. Yeah, um, but see the red band trailer. I haven't seen the non-red band trailer. <clears throat> right, I'm the, sure the, the... Yeah. The trailer looks phenomenal. It um, looks really funny. In fact, it looks so funny that this... This is going to be the new movie that whenever someone comes out with like a bigoted statement like women are funny. Like I am fully ready to just mm-hmm. throw this movie at them and be like shut up bam. This movie is really funny <laughs> and it's because of the women. How many it. how many amazing comedies does Melissa McCarthy have to do before people just accept that she is hilarious? See, I didn't she was in uh okay, Bridesmaids, what else? Uh Identity Theft, which Identity Theft, I didn't came see. out uh, yeah, I unfortunately had See, to watch her in the Gilmore Girls. I do like Bridesmaids. I think that's a really funny movie. Didn't particularly love her in it. What? I know. I I guess that's an unpopular and she's opinion. she's like riding and she's like, All right, like, we had a good... Res- puppies! Oh, yeah, that's Dude, good. that's so great. All right, it, it's, she's, she's funny. She's not like the highlight of the movie for me. She looks really funny in this. Yeah, she looks amazing and in this. And Sandra Bullock is playing like the straight lady, I guess you would call it, really well. From what we can tell in the mm-hmm. in the trailer, mm-hmm. just just go watch the trailer. I, I, I don't I'm, even want to give away the jokes. I'm excited just to see. A, I love buddy cop films, mm-hmm. and this looks to be an absolute like just a gem of a comedy. So, oh gosh, and that that one liner at the very end, I <laughs> I think about that and I laugh all the time. Yeah, that, that, yeah, just the delivery alone of that. Just watch the trailer. Yeah. The last line of the trailer, the delivery it's, alone, it's is, awesome. Is hilarious. So. Well then, let's get into the uh, the feature presentation. So we saw Jack the Giant Slayer. That we did. Do you want to read off that IMDb? Sure. It should just read a modern retelling of <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk, but it actually reads: the ancient war between humans and a race of giants is reignited when Jack, a young farmhand fighting for a kingdom and the love of a princess opens a gateway between the two worlds. All right. This movie was directed by Brian Singer and stars Nicholas Holt, who, Ewan McGregor, yeah. Stanley Tucci, Ian McShane. <clears throat> Bunch of pretty big names, depending mm-hmm. on how you want to look at it. I just want to point out right away that even that synopsis lends the idea of a movie that is much more serious and like adult yeah. themed than it yeah. is like at no point do you get the idea of like oh it's a portal between 
two worlds. Yeah, it's it's a beanstalk. It's a beanstalk. <laughs> there's there's a thing up in the sky, and a beanstalk grows and gets to it. Yeah, and like, that's they, what they, happens. In the first like, five minutes of the film, they show them chopping down the old beanstalk. So yeah. it's not as mythical. It's just it's a beanstalk. Uh, <laughs> it's just a really big beanstalk. I don't know. I guess we should just get out of the way. What, what did you think of the movie overall? Uh, this movie was surprise. I, I had a lot of interesting thoughts about this film. I actually wrote down more notes in this film than I have in previous films. I feel like there's a lot of a lot to say for me too. Actually, first off, just out of the gate, I could tell that this was originally shot for 3D IMAX. Mm-hmm. And so normally when that happens, when a director shoots a movie specifically so that, you know, you will see it in that uh, medium. Right. I try to watch it in that medium. Unfortunately, funds were a little light. So I had to go to a local lo-fi 2D theater. It's not that funds were light. It was, hey, this theater is. The theater within walking distance of my house is showing Jack. I can walk here and it's $6. Yeah. I'm going. And I can drink a beer while (laughs) while I enjoy the film. So, I, I do normally try. For when, when I saw The Hobbit, I wanted to see it in 3D, high frame rate. Um, however, that being said, I do think that a movie should stand on its own regardless Absolutely. of whether it's in 3D or not. But the, the cinematography of this film, at times, you could really tell that yeah. they intended it to be uh, IMAX 3D. Overall... Before I start nitpicking anything, overall, I thought the movie was okay. It wasn't great, okay, but it didn't. I didn't walk out of there thinking like this movie was awful. Uh, that's pretty much how I feel. It was an adequate film. the The acting was pretty good. the The one thing I didn't like about it was the first CGI shot looks like it came out of an MS DOS game. <laughs> I was thinking like old, old, old school Lucas Arts. Yes, like monkeys, yes. I- like a cutscene from like the Grim Fandango or Monkeys Island. See, for it, me, the it first looked thing... like they just lifted that and put it into this mm-hmm. movie. And I'm yeah. For for me, it looked like the cutscene from Warcraft Two <laughs> <laughs> from 1995, I believe. And, it it looks rough. And actually, reading more about the production of this movie, I feel like they kind of ran out of money. Because initially, in the in the first write of the you know the first draft of the script, there was no backstory really for the right. giant war of the giants and the humans, and that whole idea of there being this like you know sort of primeval war between the giants and humans was not really even part of the movie. And then I guess uh, who was the uh, yeah Christopher McQuarrie, who's worked with Brian Singer before, I believe, did a rewrite. And he included this whole, like, sort of mythology that went along with it. And I guess Brian Singer was like, wow, that's great. But this was already after they had committed so much money to it. Right. And have probably already, you know, done some of the CGI work even for some of the scenes. And he was just like, yeah, we don't really have money to do more, you know, giants and people fighting. So let's just make, like, a cartoony thing. And it just looks awful. It does look awful right out of the gates. It reminded me of a much better version of what it was trying to do, which is the beginning of Hellboy 2. I don't yes, know if, uh, yes, the, no, I do, I do know what you're Hellboy talking about. Hellboy 2, they have a backstory, and there it's it's almost like CGI claymation, I guess you could say. It's kind of right, cool. Right. It looks like a, a children's, and it's it, it seems also like it's a little bit more low budget than them just doing another giant scene with metal robots or whatever. 
mechanical creations. So they just have like sort of this intro part where it's like a really simplistic representation of the past. Right. That's what they were going for in this movie. Did but you it just... see that Harry Potter, one of the last ones when they do the tale of the the three brothers and it like cuts to that like weird animation. Yeah, yes. which one is that? I think it's like one of the last ones. I think it's the, the part one, one of the yeah. Deathly Hallows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's about the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Like it's a, and it's like weird animation like thrust in the middle of the movie and it's so great. It's, right. I love it. When it's done when well, it's done it's well it looks wonderful, yeah. When it's done badly, the first thing you think is like, okay, it they ran out of be, money. It, it shouldn't be the first thing you see. No. Especially in a movie that is so CGI heavy. That's that's where it differentiates between Hellboy 2, where Hellboy 2, there was not a lot of CGI. Most of that was practical effects mm-hmm. and makeup and costume. Right. And so to show this low budget cgi actually makes it kind of you know charming yeah and then harry potter of course does have a lot of cgi but not blatantly a lot of cgi this movie is almost entirely cgi right and so for them to come out of the gates with this just looking like an it does MS-DOS not game, just set your expectations very high no no it does not just the the actually the whole beginning of this movie is just bad uh it starts slow in my opinion like the the little even beyond the, you know, storytelling of the ancient giant human war, just the scene with the dad and the son is just really cheesy, and the kid's not a good actor, and it's yeah, fine because he's not in the movie beyond you know a couple minutes, but it did not set the movie up to be good, which, which really maybe makes me feel better about the movie as a whole because by the end I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> For me, it doesn't get going until they get to the giant. Absolutely. World. Absolutely. Uh, uh, everything up until then is just me think like at one point I was I was so bored. I was re- honestly thinking what kind of medieval hair, hair gel product did they put in Ewan McGregor's Ewan hair? McGregor's hair to get it to look like that. Who by the way, Ewan McGregor in this movie it's uh, is yeah. so reminiscent of Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. Yep. I and just he's hamming it up. Him. He's hamming, he's hamming it up so he's, much. I can tell that he he phoned it in in a way like, well, I'm just going to basically be Obi Wan again since I kind of like that character, even though I hated the films and I don't really care about this movie. So. Yeah, you can I tell just, that it was a paycheck movie, but he still was just like, well, I'll just do this. Yeah, it'll work. It's like I, I have this character and I like him, so yeah. I'm just gonna use it again. You're gonna make I, my hair look like a hipster's hair. <laughs> Fantastic. Whatever. I, I, I don't care. I half expected him to start yelling things at the giants like, don't go any further, giant. I have the high ground. <laughs> yes. Oh. I thought you would restore the beanstalk, <laughs> not destroy it. You don't want to sell me magic beans. <laughs> oh, and also. Only wh- a giant deals in absolutes. <laughs> What was with Ian McShane's outfits the entire movie? It was the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. At one point, uh, Ian McShane uh, plays the king. And at one point is just adorned in like a a robe that is like a ceramic casing of a robe. Yes, yes. That surrounds him. Surrounds him, and as he walks out of it, he is wearing solid gold armor. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous. I I should mention, 
before I go on, you know, blasting all the little dumb things of the performances, that I, I do agree that they were all pretty good. Like, oh, I no, didn't no. have a problem with any of the actors in it. In Nobody fact, was awful. And, and, and in fact, oh, what's his name? The Giant King. What's that actor's name? That He does a lot of voice acting. Where is he? Oh, uh, uh, Bill Nye. Yeah. Not to be confused with Bill Nye, the science yes, guy. Not, not that Bill Nye. Bill, Bill, Bill. His last name is actually spelled N-I-G-H-Y, but I guess yeah. it is pronounced Nye. Bill Nye. Uh, Who is the man. At, like any Anything that he signs on to, I instantly become interested in. Yeah, for those who might not be familiar, like me, the movie Layman, he was um, in the second and third Pirates of the Caribbean movie as the, uh, what's his name, Blackbeard, I think? No. Or no, was, not Blackbeard. Um, uh, David Jones. David Jones. David, yes, Jones. He was David Jones. He was also in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, he voiced the uh, rattlesnake. I forget the In Rango. Oh, okay. I, no, yeah, I forget yeah, the yeah, snake's yeah. name. But yeah, he's done a lot of voice acting and uh, animation type stuff. He so was he, in the he was in the Total Recall remake. Oh, oh. well, that's not. But hey, that. he was still good in it. Yeah. But in this one, he is the two-headed basically surrogate king of the giants well they call him a general yeah, yeah he kind of runs the show with the yeah. giants uh but he was he was very good he was actually probably the highlight of the movie as far as the the performances I'll, went. I'll i'll agree with that nicholas holt who i talked about a couple weeks ago, in the first episode he was the main character in warm bodies he's he's good in this he's good i as... love his emo haircut and medieval hoodie in this movie yeah he they actually make him have a hoodie in this movie yep. Despite a leather medieval hoodie, you know, supposedly hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah, but he's good. He's good as just a, he's no. Nobody was bad in this film. Like none Absolutely. of the performances were cringeworthy or awful. Even the ones that I knew were phoning it in didn't feel like they were phoning it in. Stanley Stanley Tucci plays like the the human bad guy basically, and. It's a little over the top, even for a little over the top for a Jack and the Beanstalk movie. It's a it's pretty over the top. Yeah, Stanley Tucci in this film, just just that huge grin he shows off it's, every time he can. He just this, this it, it's massive very, shit eating grin. It's very. I, I feel like he was like, how can I make this as Vincent Price yes, villain as yes. possible? I, I was how can the I same just thing. make people be like, mm, yes, <laughs> yes? He is very Vincent I Price. I have taken control of the giants. <laughs> I miss like the uh, the you know the real subtle villains like the Fratellis and <laughs> that's <laughs> the true. Villains are always that's true. <laughs> and, yeah, like, you got a point there. Hook. And yeah, like but... Captain Hook. But you're not okay. supposed to know he's a villain, but you totally yeah. know he's Here's a villain. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's not supposed to be the villain necessarily. It's supposed initially. to be a surprise out it's of the. It's not a like, big spoiler first, though. But no, the second you see him. You're like, oh, he's the bad guy. Like, you know the minute you see him, he's the bad guy. And the thing is, Parker, even taking all of those roles into account, it's still <laughs> over the it's top. It's still over the top, yes. It makes the Fratellis look look subtle. Yeah. All right, well, my favorite part of the film is when Warwick Davis shows up. He just kind of rolls out and... Playing the character Old Ham. Old Ham, who is not <laughs> named in the movie at all. Now the the first thing I saw when, when the first thing I thought when Warwick Davis comes out is I wonder if he looks at Peter Dinklage's career and then just weeps. <laughs> I'm just like, why? 
I uh, might I might agree with that, except that now that he's worked with Ricky Gervais and he's like best friends with Ricky Gervais. For those for those okay. who don't immediately okay. know who I mean, Warwick that's Davis is, pretty pretty awesome. He has Still. a whole show, a whole Ricky Gervais show, two seasons and a special centered around him. But he also has in his past Leprechaun in the Hood yeah. and Leprechaun in Space. For but those he who does don't... also have Willow. <laughs> All right. For I'm those, not sure how you're going with that. <laughs> for those, Willow is the best. Get for out of those who don't know who Warwick Davis is, he is in all of those movies. We just he's in all those movies. Every and more fantasy importantly, movie. he is a dwarf. There you go. Now you can picture why we mentioned all those movies. Yes. He is also he is, he, he, he is a little person. Yeah. And if you don't know who Peter Dinklage is, you should. You know need that. To, you need to turn this you off. Need to, you need and to go to IMDb. Yeah. And then come back because we can't lose your listenership. Yeah. <laughs> can't afford that. Yeah, we can't turn you away. And that would be hypocritical because you probably still know more about movies than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. But I just I just really wanted to. I, actually, I, I, I don't have that many strong feelings about Warwick Davis. I just wanted that cheap shot at you just, you just <laughs> And then the ability to mention uh, Peter Dinklage because at this point the man can do no wrong. Any, any movie that he gets uh, cast in. That role is perfect for him. Yeah, not that I want to, you know, once again reinvigorate how much the show is about comics, but supposedly he is playing the bad guy in the upcoming uh, X-Men film? Yes, he is playing, I forget the character's name, but uh, he is the creator of the Sentinels. Who is not, incidentally, a little person. Yes. In yes. in the comics, at least. Right. So and that is why, again, I just think that Peter Dinklage should be able to play... Oh no, totally! I mean, you could at this point you could be you could say, "Hey, he's cast as James Bond, and I'm going to roll with it." <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm fine with that. All in all, this movie is is pretty good. It's pretty good. There 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 are parts of it that are a little ri- ridiculous. There are parts of it where you you almost feel like there's more movie to explain why that person is doing what they're doing or why they look like they look like. But the movie doesn't contract. You know, it, it does. It doesn't take away. From, it doesn't take away from the movie producer Parker Lindstrom and I were talking before the show and its strengths lie in the fact that it is a great movie for like young teenage guys. Yes. Uh, okay. That uh, for a minute there which, I thought you were going to say for young kids. No, no, and... no, no, not young kids. That's the and that's I think that's why it's really struggled so far in the box office is that they painted this as a modern badass fairy tale you yep. know what i mean because they've done a lot of those they did snow white and the huntsman or whatever mm-hmm. and then hansel and Gretel, yeah, whatever Witch Hunters. they've done a lot of those recently where they're really violent or dark this movie's really not super violent or super dark. it's dark enough yeah oh but yeah yeah there are some parts because uh, one of the notes i wrote down is it almost feels like people would get confused as to whether this would be a kid's movie because there are some stupid kid right. jokes which is why it's it's perfect for that young teenage audience because young teenage guys don't want to watch kids' films. Right. They don't want to be patronized with like, oh, don't you want to take you and your friends, Jim? Don't you want me to drive you to the mall and have you watch this? Mom, I don't want to watch dumb Jack and the Beanstalk movie. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not nearly, it doesn't have enough depth to it to be like, oh, yeah, that was a, that really made me think. No, that. no, there's definitely um, no thought into this movie. No, no, and, I, and it, not it, even enough like darkness or, you know, conflict to really be like, ooh, yeah, I really felt that. Mm-hmm. It, no, it's exactly. in that in-between mode where you're kind of not really a kid's movie, but you're not an adult movie. And that's right. for the 
you know, the youngins, the kids, the yeah. the kids that aren't kids. And it <laughs> wasn't advertised as such, really, to no. me. I've seen two different trailers. The first trailer was cut like like Snow White and the Huntsman or yeah. like that god-awful Handsome Gretel movie where it does feel like, yeah, this is a badass modern retelling. Right. And then I've seen another one where we're like, hey, bring the kids. So I don't know if they're trying right. for that scorched earth policy, <laughs> just getting <laughs> yeah. everyone getting they can. Getting everyone and hope, hopefully word the, of mouth carries it. Yeah. yeah. But no, at the end of the day, this film is pretty good. Like I said, I didn't think at all. <laughs> Yeah. But I didn't hate it. If you can go see it for, you know, less than $7 like we did, do it. I, and if you are a big fan of, I mean, I think it's gimmicky, but if you're a big fan of, I know there are people out there who just love 3D IMAX films just right. for the, the spectacle of it. I think this movie would be good for that. I mean, it definitely felt like yeah. it would, there were some shots where I thought that shot would be a little cooler if I was in IMAX 3D. The scenes, the scenes with the with the giants, I feel like would be the highlight. I mean, just the mm-hmm. action sequences yeah. in general, yeah. which almost always involve the giants. I feel like they'd be even better on like IMAX. So mm-hmm. yeah, that so. would be enjoyable. But so there you go. All right, let's get some ratings. I would give it twenty-seven potential Obi Wan Kenobi lines that that never came <laughs> out, of, out of fifty. I just want to see this movie and then overdub all of Ewan, Ewan McGregor's lines with lines from the prequels of Star Wars. I think that would make it that much better. It I, might bump it up to like a 35 out of 50. I am going to rate it 3 out of 6 ridiculous Ian McShane outfits. <laughs> yes. All featuring gold and crimson. Yep. All looking ridiculously kingly. All right, well, let's move on to our Netflix instant uh, movie review of Safety Not Guaranteed. Three magazine employees head out on an assignment to interview a guy who placed a classified ad seeking a companion for time travel. I can't believe they used the word guy. A guy. <laughs> like, hey, they're going to go find a guy, you know? Hey, go see this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can okay. find when this was added to Netflix. I believe it was fairly recent. It was. Uh, because a co-worker friend of mine who uh, actually suggested we watch this movie a few days after you suggested we watch this movie uh, was pretty surprised to find out it's on instant, and he's usually on top of it. Yeah. He's usually, <laughs> he's usually on top of what's coming to Netflix way before I am. So... I should uh, point out that coming to Netflix, or that just came on Netflix a few days ago, Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. That's going to be in the next episode. Uh, you know what's really funny? I've seen Ghost Dad like five Legit? or six times. I saw it in theaters, so you Damn! <laughs> I saw it on VHS. It was one of the it was one of the four VHS films Parker, we had. You have seen the shittiest movies in <laughs> Whoa, theaters. You don't like I was Ghost a kid. Dad? I saw like <laughs> I mean, crazy movies in theaters. Although I will say that a great tradition was my dad and I went to see because he took me to the first one, and so then we subsequently went to see the next two Home Alones. Like the, oh well, that's like the original sweet. trilogy. Yeah, but like the first one we saw in theaters because he was like, "I'm taking my son to the movies." And well, that's pretty. I awesome. want to see a movie with Joe Pesci, and I'm sure he'll like it because there's a little kid in it. <laughs> I, when I was, and you young, know what? That's an accurate uh, <laughs> representation of the film. 
When I was young, I saw every big Will Smith movie because my mom loved his movies. Like, every single one. No, 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 no. Your mom loved Will Smith. Your mom didn't like... Yeah, I guess that's it. He's a nice rapper. He's a nice nice black man. And I feel safe taking... I feel safe taking my son to see his movies. Oh, hey, you know Lord. what? I got to see Men in Black, Independence Day, all that good stuff. It'd be it great good. if you if if your mom went to see a Will Smith movie and then it like turned out to be like like any other black actor, and then she was <laughs> blown away and like how serious he was. This <laughs> is like uh, any well, I should say any other black like comedian actor. Oh, like yeah, it would just yeah, be yeah. like so. So it's like, like every graphic. Eddie Murphy film yeah. before before he became <laughs> before he became what he, he is became. now. Uh, okay, but anyway. Anyway, back. safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. That was actually added. Yeah, it was added like two weeks ago, February fourteenth. Okay, cool. So it so will if be you have available. Netflix Instant. You yep. should check it out. Will be available until next August. So you have plenty oh, of time. Plenty of time there. All right. Well, initial thoughts. What did you think of safety not guaranteed? I thought it was cute. I thought it was good. Oddly enough, I've seen a lot of romantic comedies lately that aren't completely romantic comedies and this goes along with that because it yes it is a you know cutesy chick flick romantic comedy but it also definitely touches upon some like uh, you know a little bit of sci-fi and also a lot of like weird psychological games of like what's kind of going on with with these people really particularly um the sort of lead guy uh kenneth Kenneth. Kenneth, okay. the supposed uh, time traveler. Mark we Duplass. don't know. Yeah, played by Mark Duplass. Yeah. yeah. Throughout the movie, you're never sure if he is crazy or if he can actually do what he claims yeah, to do. What it reminded me of, actually, a little bit is, oddly enough, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Kind of in that, in, in that film slash play, you're never really sure how with it the main character is. I mean, he gives you indications throughout the film mm-hmm. that, he, you know, this guy might actually belong here. But then there's other times where you're like, oh, no, he's he's a he's a good guy. He's really helping these people. That's how I felt about this character, Kev- Kenneth, because he gives you indications throughout the entire film that he's actually just a good guy. He just, you know, he's a little quirky, but he's overall a good guy. And then there's other moments where you're like, no, this, this movie crazy. might end really badly. Mm-hmm. And... Aubrey Plaza's character might be like murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like no. you're never really sure. They even bring that up, where she's reluctant to meet him because she's totally afraid he's going to kidnap her. Yeah, and she even—I think she says something like, um, "You're going to find me dead in this guy's basement." Right. Now I went into this knowing next to nothing. I knew that Same it was here. a comedy. For some reason, indie com- comedies always feel the same and I don't know why it's I don't know if it's you think the it's cinematography the yeah I don't know if it's just a tone they're setting but it seems like a lot of indie comedies all look the same yeah and so I was really kind of put off a little bit like oh, again this kind of look um, it is weird because both in like indie music and indie film it doesn't really matter if you know the circumstances of the creators it's you will you will listen and you will immediately recognize oh this is an indie blank right yeah it's it's this the exact same thing with movies as it is with music it's like it does even though it means literally independent 
you can just make something even if you're a you know a huge movie studio and it it's happened before i'm a good example would be Little Miss Sunshine. Right. It's kind of a larger budget movie that's almost made to feel and look like an indie movie. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a movie like that comes to mind would be like Juno. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this, yeah, this movie also definitely has that indie feel to it. That being said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That just kind of bugs me a little bit, but that's not a bad thing. But what did you? What did you think overall? Overall, I thought the movie. <sighs> The A story, the main story between Darius and Kenneth. Aubrey Plaza playing Darius, by the way. Um, I liked that story. The whole, is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Is she all there or is she not? And then them kind of getting to know each other and then the kind of the deception because she's going in as a reporter who's pretending to believe him that he can travel back in time. But she also actually likes him. Yeah, but she so. actually actually likes him. I like that story. I like that portion of the movie. Then, periodically, it would take me out of that and put me into the B story with a guy named Jeff, who played is her boss. Played Jake by Jake Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he's basically there pretending to care about the story for his boss, but he's really there to pick up an old girlfriend. Right. That story, I was every time they would go back to that, I would mm-hmm. I would have to be reminded like, oh yeah, I forgot all about this because I don't care. It is it is weird because it it, it feels, feels disjointed. It feels almost forced. Yeah, it feels a little forced and disjointed. Which by the end of the movie, you can you you kind of get it. It's like okay, it, it's like he had his own version of Aubrey Plaza's story where he realized, you know, that life is important and you should just you not not immediately judge things or go for like the easy road but really invest in people blah 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 but it's not quite as effective enough a metaphor to devote that much time to it because it's probably more than 30 to 40 percent of the movie is spent on this b storyline right and not to spoil anything because i'm not i'm not gonna spoil it but the outcome of that Mm-hmm. It, it sends a weird message compared to the outcome of the A story yeah. main part. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it's very strange. So I did feel that was a little forced. And so if I could just take that out of the movie. And kind of focus more on yeah, yeah, Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass. I, w- I would agree with that. Having said that, I do. I still like that side story. Um, just not I nearly don't, as much. Yeah, okay. May, may, maybe the idea of cutting it out is a bad maybe just reworking it a little bit and i do actually like uh, making it a little clearer as to what's going on there i do like jake johnson he's it's funny uh both he and mark duplass again the guy who plays like the time supposed time traveler guy they they were both actors that i felt like i had seen a lot before and then when i looked at what they did i was like oh they are in things that I don't remember them from or things that I hate. Because I felt the same way about Jake Johnson where I, I'm looking yeah. up his IMDb. He's like, I recognize him from a lot of stuff. And then, no, I don't, actually. His, I've never his, seen most of this stuff. His biggest role is being some guy from The New Girl, which is just a show that I make fun of, but I've never actually seen. So <laughs> He was in 21 Jump Street, but I don't remember him in it at all. Okay. Um, You're talking 21 Jump Street, the movie. The, the, re- the remake, yeah. And... Not a not a whole lot else that I've I seen. thought he was the weird pervy guy in Sucker Punch, but 
Alas, he wasn't? no. Even though he looks exactly like the guy from Sucker yeah. Punch. And then Mark Duplass, like, I even felt like I was more familiar with. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this guy. Who is this guy? Nothing. Like, I have, yeah, I have the same nothing way. that I don't he's think... done. I'm looking it up now, and I don't think and I've seen anything he's apparently done. Apparently, he's like a an actor, writer, director. He likes to write stuff and then direct it and be in it. That's you know that's cool, whatever. But there's just a whole bunch of movies like that that I've never heard of. So apparently, mm-hmm. he's big yeah. into like sort of independent film or what have you. Yeah. Moving so on. two two actors that that seem that have familiar faces. So that's a good thing, I guess. If you if you like that. <laughs> In a movie, did you did you ever, while watching it, kind of get an inclination that it might get pretty dark? Oh, absolutely, darker than it actually absolutely. gets. Absolutely, uh, and I was actually relieved when it didn't. Yeah, because it would have been dark. awkward. I was fully fully prepared for it to get super. There, especially there's one scene where Jeff is like drunk. Riding around on on this go kart, trying to pretend mm-hmm. that he's having fun, but mm-hmm. the close up and he's bawling while he's yeah. drinking this whiskey and driving and around on a go kart. He's just he's just bawling, he's and I'm thinking trying to get his like young Indian, his other intern that he brings along to do the story for him. He's, he's like, trying to live vicariously through, yeah, and it's not working out he's at like all. Trying to get him trashed and get him to have like sex with high school girls and stuff, and it's just like Ugh, this is gonna yeah. Be and that that scene that that one shot of him just riding around, just bawling with a bottle of whiskey, I'm just like, oh god. And that's that's as dark as it gets. Yeah. Like, okay, good. Well, and then <laughs> that's the well, correct amount of well, darkness. And then in the A storyline. At one point, Kenneth uh, robs a, uh, I don't know, science equipment facility of some sort. Which is legitimately funny. It is it, funny. At, at, at that but, one part. <laughs> but when you realize that he's he's actually doing it and he has a gun, yeah, I, I immediately yeah. thought, like, this is when the movie changes. And I'm not sure I'm I was like waiting it. throughout the whole film. I was waiting for it to get that yeah. you know, really dark, really depressing but, and it never yeah. does, and 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 I think it's a good decision. I I, I agree with that. It doesn't that go because that it works better as kind of a cute movie with some hints at like darkness or little idi- yeah. idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But it it works better as just overall like a cute romanticish comedy that has has some cool unique things to it. Now I say at the end of the day, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed is a pretty good indie film. Has some pretty funny moments. <clears throat> Aubrey Plaza is good in it. She. When is she not? Well, right, but I know her most from Parks and Rec. That's where I see her the most. That's where I feel I know her the most. And she definitely doesn't just play April in this movie. Okay. Uh, she she is distinct. She's not quite as not quite as quick to be snarky. I feel like um, mm-hmm. she's a little more grounded. She plays a bit. She's she just seems a little sad. Yeah, but not yeah. depressed. Just sad. Jeff Garland has sort of a brief role in the beginning as her dad and it's pretty funny but he basically just describes her life and it's pretty it's you know it's a good synopsis of the character she's just sort of a girl that she's not super depressed and she's not you know incredibly weird she's just a little off and she's just kind of sad she's never been truly fulfilled so which is which i feel is a different character than what april is which is just an a-hole that is hilarious and you still want to love (laughs) All right. Well, are we going to do a, a, a rating here? Yeah. I'll give it 8.21 gigawatts <laughs> out of 12. It, okay. 
Is that the right number? No, How many not even it? remotely. Not even remotely. What is it? What is it? How many gigawatts? 1.21. Oh, 1.21. 8 point... All right, on, one, man. one point... Sh- yeah, I told you, I'm the layman with uh, Alzheimer's. Um, <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts out of two. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> My brain is just shut down now where I can't even think of... <laughs> sorry, I got that number of, wrong, guys. Uh, <laughs> all the ratings because I'm just so appalled uh, at your lack of Back to the Future knowledge. <laughs> I got the point twenty one right. What do you want from me? The the one. <laughs> That's what I want. Okay, the well, one. I'll give it to you next time. All right. Uh, to give a sense of scale, one point twenty one gigawatts is a Jig- gigawatts is how he pronounces it. Right, I know gigawatts, that much. Right. <laughs> he mispronounces is it. Is approximately the output of a single pressurized water reactor at a nuclear power plant. It equates to around one point six million continuous horsepower. But it's only just charged for a moment. Learning is cool. That was our science minute with Parker Lindstrom. <laughs> I'm going to give it four out of seven incredibly awkward scenes where Jake Johnson pseudo hits on high school chicks. Not even pseudo. He's like Jake Johnson was in an amazing movie though, uh, Paper Heart, with my super crush Charlene Yee. You may know her from Looking It Up. She dated Michael Sarah for half a minute, and she was in <laughs> House towards the end. She's like a hilariously awkward Paper Asian girl heart. who does like these acoustic performance stuff, performance art, I guess you'd call it. Okay. Anyway, uh, she Paper Heart is this movie about it's you like not quite sure if it's an actual legit documentary, like fo- like or like like cameras following her around like reality show okay of like her falling in love with michael Sarah, for lack of a better explanation and it's pretty cute and awesome all right any closing remarks uh yeah before we get out of here i wanted to thank uh our friends over at ninjas versus podcast Mm, for the amazing plug they gave us on their last uh last week's episode um, and of course, if you are listening to this and not aware of Ninjas vs. Podcast, you should totally check them out on iTunes. It is a podcast where each week they are given what if or versus questions and they kind of hash it out in a hilarious manner. So I highly recommend you guys uh, check them out. I recommend it as well, especially if you love puns about uh-huh. Tomb Raider. Yep. Last week's episode had a, a like, very long like a, run on Tomb Raider ten, puns. Uh, if you love just like a 10-minute segment about Tomb Raider puns. Or or if you like a segment where you hear about our own Matt Schaefer as a child <laughs> making wrestling movies. Oh, yeah, they talked about that. <laughs> they too. talk about that, too. That was, a, that was a bit of a Matt Schaefer-centric episode, yes, if was. I do say so myself. Yes, they was. love me over there. So, yeah, check them out over at Ninjas vs. Podcast. Definitely. Okay, well, that about wraps it up for us here at Enter the Critic. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank you for listening this week. Uh, as always, I want to thank my co-host, uh, Matt Schaefer. Oh, you're, you're welcome, baby. And our producer, Parker. Go away! <laughs> uh, I'd also like to thank... It's uh, like a troll. I'd also like to thank uh, Bobby Fatboy Roush for the use of our theme song off the Geek Remix album. Check them out at geekremix.com. 
And until next week, we'll talk to you later. Bye.